Common Happiness with Sonia Kencare. Today, we're interviewing someone who was very important to my career at an earlier stage in my life. Josh hails to us today from Idaho, but I want to give him a chance to tell us about himself. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me, Sonia. Actually still a physician recruiter, like how we met originally, and I am in Idaho, still on the physician recruitment grind. Um, kind of switched though. I was working for a third-party company, as you're aware, re- recruiting for the country, and now I am in Idaho. Grew up in Utah, was in Florida, Florida in 2017. Some uh, life events, um, including my, I'm the oldest Uh, My sister, who's also a physician, uh, had, you know, had a baby and we're really close. I want to get closer to family. Um, So, yeah. So that's kind of what I did to make the transition to the work in physician recruitment for a healthcare institution. I'm 43, single. I do have one son who is five and started kindergarten this year. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about me without going into too many details. And so here I am. Well, here you are. Are you happy? Uh, that's a pretty broad question. I would say it's a day-to-day thing, um, but generally as an overall answer, I would say I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy. I really am. I've learned a lot about happiness as I've gotten older. And some days I think we all experience this isn't unique to me, are, are tougher than others, but I feel like I have tough, more tough days than I used to. And but overall, I would say yes. I'm I'm generally happy. Yes. How do you define How do you define happiness for yourself? For me personally, I would define happiness as finding finding joy in life and all things that I do, including things that whether it be work, which is something we have to do, you know, that's part of our the you know vast majority of our lives. To be honest with you know with you. and then and just with things that I enjoy. For me, personally, I like to go to the gym. That's something I make sure and do every day. I think it really sets this, sets my mind right and gives me that sense of fulfillment and accomplishment and self, you know, maybe some self-confidence a little bit. And then I think just finding joy with what you have in your life, no matter how big or small that may be, is but just finding joy in everything that you do. So that, that would be... The, the short answer, I guess. For, for the brief summary. Yeah, the brief overall summary, yes. <laughs> right before we started recording, you mentioned that you felt like this conversation would be very different if we had been having it four or five years ago, which segues really nicely into my next question. How do you feel like your definition of happiness has evolved over time? Yeah, that's definitely something that has has changed. And I had to go through some tumultuous times personally, um, which I'd be happy to touch on and share. Uh, I feel like my life, I wouldn't say easy is the right word, but it was pretty, you know, I had, I had speed bumps. There was never like, you know, through my 20s, 30s, I, you know, and I always had a job. All my, you know, my parents are still alive. I have all my siblings. I really hadn't had to deal with any tragedy. I had a lot of friends. What are the things you do when you're 20? I had a lot of friends to, to hang out with. Um, finding 
partners, whether it be girlfriends or significant others or whatever that may be, like dating was never difficult for me. I, I don't know if you remember, but I, you know, when I was working with you, I spoke with you when I was in Amsterdam. Like right. I had, you know, that I just had the ability, I went to a music festival to do things that I love right. and, and, and just do them. Right. And so it was overall just, I had down days, like I'd mentioned before, but overall I was really happy. And then I moved to Florida with work and that I was 30, what was I, 37, because I was born in 80. So I was 37 when I moved to Florida and I quickly learned it's not, it's hard to meet people at that age. It, it's a challenge. And right. I found myself becoming isolated and just self-reliant and just then it turned to not wanting to go do anything and then it kind of turned into self-loathing in a sense and then I wasn't taking joy in anything I hated my job I had a dog um, one of my dogs my favorite dog I had three dogs got cancer right and so I dealt with that and so it was a lot of heartache and then not knowing how to deal with it and just honestly having no no desire to deal with it or no desire to all I cared about was myself in a selfish way and my dogs I made sure that I did everything I could for my dog's health when he had cancer I chose to pay for the treatment and not put him down which is one thing I'm glad I did but and then COVID hit which even isolated me anymore and I don't have a significant other so it's just me and my dogs and I realized how powerful the mind was I got to the point where I was so depressed that my work and this is probably something you don't know was like you need to check yourself into the hospital and I fought it and they said listen we'll take care of it you need help like they could see the writing on the wall I was not myself right um, and I always had the self, had the thought, the selfish thought that they don't, no one can understand me. No one can understand what I've been through. No one can understand my heartache, why I'm depressed and why I am where I am. No one, I, no one can help me because they won't understand me. And I could have never been more wrong. So that really taught me. And one thing I really remember about that whole thing is I met with the psychiatrist every Friday. I had, I was inpatient for a week and then I had like, uh, IPOP, inpatient, outpatient, you know, sure. I did three days of therapy, four hours a day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And on Friday at the end, I'd have therapy from eight to noon. I'd meet with the psychiatrist. Uh, every Friday I was like, oh, I'll go back to work next week. Sure. And she gave me one task mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, you need to get out and do something. You know, I had Amy who you, yeah. who you know is a close friend and I had other work friends as well right. that I could go do stuff with and I just wouldn't do it. And I would make plans, Sonia, and then I would cancel and say I was sick. Sure. And then finally, after like two weeks, it's like, ah, I get it. And so I went and socialized. I remember I went to a drive-through zoo in Florida. So corny, I know. But I had the time of my life. And it was in that moment I realized I hadn't laughed. I hadn't interacted. I hadn't done anything that brings me joy. I feel like laughing brings you joy. The laughing sure. is so healthy. And um, and so I've really learned to what makes me happy can be unique. I think there's broad terms that apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's, you know, what makes me happy. And I learned, really had to focus on that. And I really had to push myself out of the rut that I was in to find joy in my life again. I, all the tragedy um, I had gone through. And it really helped because... My sister got me a dog last Christmas. So this is recent Christmas. 
Right. Because Django died of cancer and then Abby, this little dog I had, died of old age two months later. That's that right. one wasn't, it was tough, but she had such a good life. I mean, oh my gosh, she was 15. But they got me a German Shepherd puppy and she got ran over and by a car and I witnessed it. It was awful. Oh my God. And that was hard. But I, and, you know, I went through the stages of grief, which I didn't even know what the stages of grief were until I'm in my late thirties, because I really hadn't experienced anything. Like I told you, life was pretty smooth sailing for me, but it didn't derail me. I knew I couldn't like self-loathe and just lay in bed all day and cry and say, poor me and not do the things that brought me joy. I was like, I'm going to get up today. I'm going to tell myself that today's a great day. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to find someone to hang out with. I'm going to call someone to just laugh or something. I'm going to do the things that, that that I know will make me happy and make me feel good. Right. And it was a challenge, but I got through it. And, you know, it still breaks my heart, but it didn't derail me like it did before when I initially went through some, right. went yeah. through a tragedy. You know what I mean? And a lot, just a lot of learning, a lot of learning about myself and how amazing and crazy the mind so I think that was the biggest takeaway for me through everything. It's like, if you allow your thoughts to be negative all the time, right? like it's, it's wild how, how, how fast it can kind of go downhill. Does that make sense? I'm probably not explaining totally. that super well, but. It totally makes sense. Actually, I feel like there's very little conversation about policing your thoughts, but they have so much impact on your mindset and your mindset has so much impact on your actions. And then your actions build your character and it's a bit of a cycle. And if nobody is cleaning and maintaining the thoughts that are running through your mind, and of course that responsibility typically falls on you, that can have a huge impact on everything happening. But it takes so much strength to invest time and energy into tidying all of that up, which is a very succinct word for a very large process, which is therapy intervention but it takes so much strength and commitment to come out the other end and I can't imagine knowing you and how social you are how challenging it must have been for you to feel isolated and that was before during the pandemic I mean so many people felt isolated during the pandemic I feel so that is so challenging yeah so but you know I don't have the same things I had that just came naturally tons of friends Right. And I didn't have, I don't have the financial means I used to after having my son, you know, I'm sure. not with his mom. So I have the, the, the support, which, you know, is a significant amount, which, right. um, so, you know, I can't do the traveling and going to shows, but there are things I've learned that there are things that cost nothing that don't involve other people that you can do that so bring fun. so much joy and just bring you, make you feel so good. So it's been a lot of learning. Yeah. So that's, it's definitely changed. It's definitely changed. Maybe what changes me realizing what actually makes me happy. Whereas before I just was doing it. And so I didn't really recognize it it until I didn't have it in my life. Yeah. Well, what brings you happiness now on a day-to-day basis? My faith, uh, which I don't think I mentioned, you know, I'm a Christian. I think my faith um, and my, my son, my, you know, it's, it's wild. Um, you know, you're a, you're a new mom. Right. It's, you know, your parents, I don't know if your parents realize, my parents always tell me, oh, wait till your, your whole perspective will change. Everything will change when you have a kid. Right. I was like, well, whatever. Oh, they were, they were, could have been more right. <laughs> right. You know, um, so 
Okay, pause, Sonia. So you could just edit this out. Okay. What was the question again? The question was, yeah, yeah. So it was number four, like, tell me about your happiness and what brings you joy on a day-to-day -day basis. And I can oh. totally edit this part out, don't worry. Um, but the day-to-day -day thing is just doing things that make me, make me feel they're self-fulfilling and give me a sense of accomplishment, but more than anything, my faith and just having the ability to have an influence on my son and seeing my mini me, that just brings me so much joy. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. And I won't even begin to try to explain it. But I'm the biggest the very, thing, yeah. what's that? I was going to say that I'm at the very beginning, but just watching her develop, even just rolling over and going from being this newborn blob to recognizing people and developing her personality is so much fun to watch. And are I you seeing parts of you? And her personality yet is she the age where you're like oh my gosh that is so me i think the part of her that reminds me of myself is that she's a little bit more introverted my husband is a little bit more shy than i am and she smiles at anyone who gives her attention she's excited <laughs> to engage with anyone who's around that's so that's so funny yeah um and then giving i've learned Sonia, that there's no greater joy and sense of there's nothing, there, nothing brings me more joy than giving and helping others. Right. And that's something that costs nothing. And it doesn't have to be giving, you know, something. Of course, yeah, people need help and you have the means to do that. And that's an opportunity you have to do, you have, that you have the ability to do that, then, then great. But, you know, just helping someone move, um, volunteering within you, if you're a person of faith or you have a church, if you don't, there's, Boys and Girls Clubs, the YMCA. Um, it, it just, I don't know. That's just something that I don't feel like you can do that without feeling a sense of joy. And so I totally me, get that. You know, the medical like, mission trips that I was part of are only part of what I like to do for service, but they actually inspired me to seek out opportunities to have a sustainable impact in those communities. And I actually found a way to remotely participate in faculty for a medical school in Rwanda and participate oh, wow. in their curriculum and help with training because it will have so much positive impact for local doctors to be trained in dermatology as opposed to foreign doctors coming in for a week at a time here and there so good for you that's amazing it's fun and you helped start that that was something I always wanted to do so thank you for that you are so welcome. And it's funny you mentioned that because you're like, how could you get joy out of being a physician recruiter? You know, there's certain um, certain physicians that I've worked with where they told me their story and then I found them the position that they wanted. Right. Like that's so, that, that sense of like, you were a part of that, like that right. kind of never believes, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. It's a good feeling. It doesn't happen yeah. a lot, but when it does, it's, it really just like, you know, you just kind of, <laughs> right. you can't help but leave that work day without a smile on your face. You know what oh, I mean? So totally, but you have a positive impact on people's lives, even through your work, but it's cool that well, you're like you. doing things philanthropically outside of that too. Yeah. But I never really, never really was my thing. And then the one thing is working in high school ministries, like the high school kids, mm -hmm. It's so, it's funny, but it's also, 
it's it's funny, like not literal funny, but just seeing, recognizing things and recognizing things they're going through as high schoolers, and you just want to tell them, like, dude, who cares? This won't matter. Right, this will pass. Years. Right. <laughs> but I lived it as well, so I get it. So I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, just... it feels so important in that moment, whether or not that person likes you back, or know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but so yeah, that's that's one thing in my day to day. Is that's awesome. Taking the time to help others and give. What gave you your last belly laugh? Uh, believe it or not, it was um, it was an Instagram reel that I was. I'm not. I don't have like Facebook and stuff, but sure. every now my sure. sister sends. My sister is like she's kind of all about the reels. My I have a sister that's 11 months younger than me, and she sure. sends me reels all the time. And I think her daughters who are teenagers send them to her, but just she sends me stuff that just cracks me up. So I don't remember exactly. One of the most common answers I get to this question. And honestly, that's really? to me too. Yeah. Like funny memes of animals or funny reels. And I definitely engage in meme wars with some of my closest friends all day long too. And they're ridiculous. Yeah. They're totally to lighten the day and it works. I a thousand percent agree. They're so beneficial sometimes. Yeah. I mean, obviously anything in life should probably be done in moderation, but yeah, you know, sure. that, that can turn into, you know, a rabbit hole, but easily by the way, because there are so many good ones, but yeah, I think so much funny stuff out there. Yeah, that would definitely be it. Just some of the stuff I see that friends and my sister sends me are just, they crack me up and I love it. What's a word that you associate with happiness and why? The first thing that just popped in my head is content, being content. I don't know. Maybe that's probably not, I don't know. Maybe I'd have to go into too much depth with that, but I feel like, you know, you maybe I'll ask, I'll finish up the question on you and maybe this will help provide my answer as well when you went to um, those medical missions did you ever have a sense of like should never complain like I have a pretty good at home do, do you know does that kind of I know what like, you mean and not saying like you view them as less fortunate but at the same time like when I beating myself up and self-sabotaging and having self-pity you right. know what I mean I, I got to tell myself like come on dude you, you got a healthy son, you're healthy, you have a healthy family, you have a great job, your job that you love, like, I got to be content with where I'm at. I'm, are there things I'm lacking that I wish for? I would love to get married. I feel like it could really be a, a good husband. I feel like I had a wonderful father who taught me how to love a woman. And I think I'd be a, would be a wonderful husband. So there's, that's things I want that I don't have. And sometimes I get catch myself getting lost in like I'm failing or why haven't I found someone sure. which and so I kind of like start to feel sorry for myself but then I realize that like I do have so much that I need to remember so for me it's just being content with what I have and though I may not have the friends and the relationships and lots of other things that you have in your 20s and 30s I feel like you know life's kind of shifted as I've gotten older and also of course as I've had a son and I just, because I feel like I really get down on myself and beat myself up when I think about what I'm not doing and what I don't sure. have in my life that I would like versus the many things I do have, the opportunities that I have to help others. Um, I already said giving, but giving would probably be my primary answer. But if I was to think of something else, it would be just being content with what I have and taking joy in it, if that makes sense. 
Oh, it totally does. And to answer your question, I would say that observing the environments that were incredibly resource poor, where the patients I treated lived, gave me so much perspective that being in very resource deficient environments, the people were so happy. They had such a strong sense of community. They had so much joy and they were really excited to talk about it. It made me wonder if perhaps that joy is just different here because everyone is so different. The way that they express themselves is so different. Let's see through a series of interviews what that looks like. That inspired me to do this. To another point of what you were talking about, how thinking about the things that you don't have yet can be frustrating. They actually do say that comparison is the thief of joy for that reason, because it has you thinking about what else is going on and comparing your life to that. And that universally, I think, disappoints people in a way that's sort of fake, you know, because who knows what somebody who has some of the things you're thinking about is sad that they don't have. Right. What is your personal philosophy on happiness, Josh? Find joy in everything that you do. Find joy, find, you have to find joy in your life. You know what's so interesting? Hmm. Before you'd even, you know, kind of, we kind of reconnected again recently. I, <laughs> you'll, you'll make fun of me. I don't know if you know someone like this, but like, I'll get, like, get an interesting fact or something, and then I'll go down a rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> like, I'll be up to like 4 a.m. Like one of the recent ones was Mount Everest. Like I saw like a YouTube video on Mount Everest and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. And then I just started reading about, and it just, so I'm full of useless facts, but, and I don't know, you know, I saw it on the internet, so I don't know how real it is, but made a a lot of sense. So maybe this will kind of help, you know, answer the philosophy on happiness better by kind of, because I think it's cool to share as well, because I, I shared it with my mom because I thought it was so fascinating. It was like in the 60s or 70s, it was this professor, Alexander, if this is a real thing, I guess I could have Googled it, but I really hadn't you know thought about it tonight, is that he did a study with like rats where they had to put this full rat in like a little cage, like, you know, like you had a pet hamster or whatever. And it had a water bottle with water and then it had like a, a bottle that was water that was infused with like cocaine and heroin. So when I'm first kind of reading this, I'm thinking it's about drug addiction, which it's not. Sure. But and almost all inevitably, eventually that rat would start to get water from the drug infused water and then eventually overdose. And then he did a study where he put multiple rats in a cage and he had the same two bottles of water. So he had the two options. They had the they had wheels, you know, like the wheels they can run on. Yeah. They had tunnels. They had their favorite food. You put cheese in there. He called it um, rat heaven was okay. kind of what it was called. And the rats never overdosed. They would only go to the actual water. They would right. never, they would like try to infuse water. And it was talking about happiness that if you, you were a social creature and you need to socialize. And this right. is big for me, as you can probably tell, like, you know me well enough. Like I'm a very social person. Right. So, not having that social aspect was a big detriment to my happiness um, sure. years ago. But my philosophy on happiness is just some days are easier than others. If you mentioned it in one of your comments, like you have to, you have to tell yourself you're going to do it. You have to push through. There's days that you're just like, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to go do something with friends. You just want to sit home and be by yourself, you right. know, and just, I think, a philosophy and happiness is just the things that find you joy, pursue them. 
And I don't think, I think that rat study is kind of broad for all humans. I think we need to be social. I don't think there's, I think that's something we all need in our life. And to pursue those things that bring you joy. Like for me, it was, I played basketball in high school. I love basketball. I was always playing basketball. So I was always getting that joy. And then, you know, I got older and I'm slow and (laughs) basketball's not really an option anymore. You know, I just started going to the gym and it's just things every, it can be anything. I don't, you know, and just finding those things that bring you joy and making sure that you have them in your life. Get out with people, socialize, have friends, have a network. And the things that bring you joy, pursue them and make sure you take time to do them. And that's, that's helped me immensely from experience. And you prioritize that? Every day I have to do something that I enjoy, no matter what. And it's funny, if I don't, then I just, I feel like, you know, I wouldn't say become unhappy. Sure. But, but I feel like if I do it for a few days in a row, I do feel like I'm, my mood and my overall, you know, mindset does start to change. If you're sure. never doing anything for yourself, I mean... Right. I don't think it's selfish to make sure you do things you enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's maintaining yourself. Yes. How do you you rebuild joy when you feel down? How do I rebuild joy when I feel down? For me, it's just get up. That may sound cheesy, but like, I'm one of those people when I'm down. Sonia, I lay in bed. I'll sleep for an hour, wake up, cry, watch sad movies. (laughs) and I just think I just what's that I said that's relatable yeah and then I just I just have to tell myself no no we're gonna go we're gonna go to the park with the dog we're gonna exercise one dog um I'm gonna go to the gym I'm gonna go to the food market Mm -hmm. by myself um I'm gonna do something I'm gonna go rock climbing by myself like yeah stuff that I enjoy and I just don't let it be like, oh, I wish I, I should do this, but eh, I just do it. Nike has really made their impact with just do it, but it really is a phrase that works. No, it's kind of like not like any like not prophetic in any way or profound. It's just like. Do you have any I, advice for someone cultivating happiness? Listen to yourself. I mean, it's it's good to talk to others. There, I would never, I, that is one thing that I learned is there, there's so many benefits. Well, it doesn't have to be a professional. It doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be just friends, a family member. I think we all have our own unique happiness in a sense. You know, I think we all have, and I think you, I think we as individuals, if we really just kind of take a second to think about it, you know what they are, you know? What brings me joy might not work be for the other person you know what I mean and so I think you need to just listen to yourself and and make sure and maximize on those things that do bring you the joy and I can speak from experience it's not going to be overnight and it's it's not going to be you do it one day and then it's rainbows and unicorns every morning when you wake up you know what I mean it's it's just making that part of your life and you know, I'll be honest, I don't like going to the gym, so yeah, I don't, but I feel so good when I go, and right. it just, I feel a sense of accomplishment, I guess, and right. it might be cheesy that I went to the gym for an hour, and I feel a sense of accomplishment, but I feel like it, you know, it, 
it does feel good. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And so that's why I make sure it's a part of my life. I just think you can seek others, but you know, you got to find within you what makes you happy. You know, I love dance music and people are always kind of taken back by that, like techno, <laughs> like EDM, quote unquote, is what they call it. And it's just, it's a passion I have. And if I have one regret in life, because I, I I mean, my life is good. And who knows if I would have taken this route where my life would have let, would be. But is like my younger self, I wish I would have pursued what, you know, something I feel like I'm missing my life. I listen to it and I love it, but I feel like that's one thing I wish I would have pursued. So, yeah, so I think, you know, probably not answering your question the best, but that's something I would, that makes me happy that I could have even cultivated more happiness in myself if I had pursued that passion. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest today on Common Happiness, Josh. Thank you. This has been awesome. It's been, it was, it was a nice conversation. I appreciate you bringing me on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you for conversing on Common Happiness with Sonia Kencare. And if you like this episode, please subscribe.